Welcome to Strong Points, Weak Points, the Daniel Amos Retrospective. My name is Samuel. And Aaron, next, next, next. As Sam said, I'm Aaron. I'm thirsty, Lord, my soul's on fire. I actually liked that song. Uh, bless like, you. <laughs> I, okay, we'll talk. We'll get there. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't tease me, Sam. Go ahead, it's, just, it. it's, it's like, I don't know. It's just... Like I can just see like see myself hanging out like at a church fellowship hall or something. Some people, with some banjos. It's like good times, man. Good times. All right. <laughs> All right. That's so we're we're gonna be talking about Daniel Amos's second album, Shotgun Angel. From nineteen seventy seven. Man, was it that late in the in the decade? 76 was its self-entitled, and now 77, yeah. Okay, so we got Jerry Chamberlain on lead guitars and vocals on Shotgun Angel and Lady Goodbye. We have Mark Cook on keyboards, Ed McTaggart on drums, and Terry Taylor on guitars and vocals. And I think Cook and McTaggart, I know McTaggart for sure, stuck around for a while. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Aaron, tell me, uh, what are your, uh, what's your relationship with Shotgun Angel? So, like I mentioned um, last episode, um, I got Mr. Beekner's Dream, and from there I started to get all of Daniel Amos' stuff. Um, I'm not sure where I got this, these two, but I'm pretty sure from reading online or whatever that these were like, described as more country western or whatever albums or something so these are towards the later end that i've got them and i think i probably didn't even get this one until like the 25th anniversary reissue because i don't remember having another copy um so that might have been the first time i heard it and so whenever that was 25th anniversary somewhere like the early 2000s i'm guessing the seven i can't do math right now but so yeah, when I listened to it probably before this podcast, maybe I've listened to the album three, four times, to be honest. It's not, I mean, because when you have like the Alarma Chronicles and Darn for Big Bite and Mr. Baker's Dream and you have this, I mean, come on, why? But yeah, that's my relationship with this album. How about you, Sam? Um, I'm in a similar creek. Um, I had nothing against this album per se. I just, uh, when I discovered Daniel Amos, um, I, of course, went back and listened to their full discography. And um, this album always stuck out to me. I think more because I like the ideas of it more than anything. Um, Shotgun Angel is just kind of a cool title to me. Um, I always read on Wikipedia that Side 2 is a big suite and is very uh, epic. And I... Um, I, I really I'm into like concept albums, into epics and rock operas. I, I find that a lot of fun. Me too. Siberian orchestra type stuff. So I, I listened to it and I it never caught me and I I don't know um, I could never it felt scattered and I thought maybe it wasn't because I sat down and focused on it, but sitting down and focusing on it, this album still feels scattered. It's like they had half an idea of what they wanted to do and then the other half was b-sides that they had left over so it uh, sounds like the pink floyd wall album which people 
consider that like the greatest concept album. That's how I feel about it. They had an idea, and it's like a couple of good songs, and it's a bunch of B-side ideas. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> so let's, uh, I guess, man, if there's nothing much more to it, let's hop right into it. Um, this Do we have is, to? It's worth noting that this is the last record for Maranatha Records. After Which this, is, uh, no, go ahead. After this, they would bounce around to all kinds of different record labels. Like, this is so funny, knowing that this is from Maranatha, too, because I grew up in the church, and Maranatha music, it is, although this is not, like, anything groundbreaking for Daniel Lemus, for that label, this would be, like, Tooth and Nail signing an opera band. It's <laughs> so crazy to me that this was on Maranatha. <laughs> well, the reason why they left Maranatha is because Maranatha's like, you know what, we don't want to do rock music anymore. We're only going to do children's and praise exactly. songs. Exactly, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, let's kick it off which with what I think is a decent intro, Days and Nights. Aaron, what's your thoughts? Yep. I, I agree with you. I, actually, no, I disagree with you. I think it's a better than decent um, intro. I think it's a really good intro. Um, from the opening notes, you can tell this is better than the last album. This is not a country song. Um, I get a strong keith green keith green feel from the music um the lyrics speak of someone who's you know has a loved one that has passed but they're still grieving that loss um my favorite lyric um in this song some people they never realize the crying the dying every single day and gosh this is the beginning of what i like to call past to terry lyrics um terry's like able to pack like four years of a seminary education into like one single line I mean, he does it as often as LeBron James scores. It's crazy how he's able to do that. And just then that, when I was a pastor, I would use so many of Terry Taylor's lyrics and sermons and just totally rip them off. But it's true, though, uh, in life, there's a lot of crying and dying. And, like, if you don't really focus, not focus, but process that, um, when it comes to your time, when you're, it's time for you to be crying, hurting, or dying, you, you're ill-prepared. So trying to avoid that um, pain is what, what we all do. And I mean, it just it ultimately creates more pain than if you just processed it. So I really appreciate that. Um, the tempo and feel of this song reminds me of the song Alarma. And we begin to hear the seeds of what was to come with the next album and forth. Um, at a minute, 155, we have that tempo change, which the band will continue to do throughout their career. Love the cowbell and other percussion. Um, two and a half stars, my third favorite song in this album. How about you, Sam? So I'm immediately struck, kind of like you said, how much more, um, I'm going to call it complex, this feels compared to the first album. Yes. Right off, you're like, oh, these guys have matured so much. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would guess I would say matured. Um, I don't know if it was, this is the kind of music they always wanted to write and they were just held back by their record label. Or if this was like they just kind of figured it out after being on the road a couple years together. I don't know what it was, but um, I like the poetic lyrics. Um, they, I like that they could be about missing your wife while out on the road. Um, and they also could be about longing for heaven. Like um, using a wife as a metaphor for he going to heaven and stuff is nothing new. Um, the Bible does it all the time. So I like to think that 
uh, Terry Taylor decided to use them for as a metaphor for each other, you know, using um, heaven as a metaphor for missing his wife and using missing his wife as a metaphor for missing heaven. And um, that's a really cool idea to me to have uh, dual metaphors working off of each other. Um, and the music that's probably itself... right, because Terry does oh, go ahead. He, he's always doing double, triple, quadruple meaning. So it's probably that and more. It's just, a, yeah, it's, I totally agree with that. And just something you just want to interject, something you said earlier about the them sounding more, more mature. Um, in the 25th anniversary um, reissue, there's a disc of a radio um, interview from 77. They did with um, a radio station, and Terry mentioned that this is the first out al- the first album they had uh, um, a studio musician for drums and and um, keyboards and stuff like that. But this with Mark Cook and Ed Mctaggart, the drummer and keyboardist. So when they created these songs, they actually had a keyboardist and good and a drummer in the creation of these songs, and that's probably why it sounds more complex because the first album they had songs without a keyboardist or guitarist in the band. So just want to share that. (laughs) No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, When you have a full band, it opens you up to try new things. Yeah. Now, I think the production on this sounds a bit dated. It definitely has that kind of AM 70s vibe. Um, I've heard many people say the 70s is one of the worst decades of music. And and they're right. And I haven't heard too many things that make me disagree with that. Um, a few things here and there, but so this kind of has that that stain of the '70s on it. But overall, it's without the first album for context, this first song would be nothing. But with mm-hmm. the first album for context, this first song is like, yes, wow, this is amazing. More of this, please. Agreed. <laughs> So next up, we have Sam's favorite song, Black Gold Fever. What do you think, Sam? Tell us how much you love this song. um, It's not my favorite song, but, 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 this is what the first album should have been. This is a better version of a goofy cowboy track. Um, It's like, it's goofy and kind of absurd, but it's like they know it is. Like, in the first album, it felt not quite sincere this is in the opposite direction it's in it's so insincere i can like see their tongue poking out of their cheek and i love it um like they're just like they mean the words but they're also just having a good time with it like they're not taking themselves seriously they're just telling a goofy story about oh i'm just i need to listen to my mama and you know find jesus and um, yeah, I think that's I think it's a fun idea just to run with. And um, I feel I feel like there's a lot more tongue in cheek. So I, I appreciate this song, even though I don't think it's like nowhere near the best song on here. Um, it's still it's good. I enjoy it. I know I was messing with you because there's this should not be anybody's favorite song um, on anything. Um, so there's 13 songs in this album. This is my 12th favorite. <laughs> This sound sounds like it could have been on the first album. I agree with you. I'm not a fan of this song at all. It's too other country sounding. It's too Southern gospel to me. And that triggers my music PTSD. Like that's genre, like the Gaither family, that type of that genre of music. It's just my brain's like, nope, I just shut down mentally. 
I do like the breakdown in a minute and 20. I forced myself through it. Um, and the keyboards by Mark Cook there, that's the best part of the song, light and catchy. And you mentioned the, the lyrics. I mean, lyrically, the message in this song is how chasing money will just leave you heartbroken at the, in the end. So one star song It's only not zero because Terry Taylor's involved in it. That's all I say about that song. So praise song, Sam, go. <laughs> all right. Um, praise song. This feels like uh, they listened to Dark Side of the Moon and said, let's make a praise song. Yep. That could have been on Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. That's the song right here. That's um, funny. <laughs> so I don't know. It's No, I don't, because I what think, I'm going to say later, but go ahead. <laughs> I think the Dark Side of the Moon is overrated personally. So this is an interesting track. I uh, I appreciate the kind of wall of sound thing they're going for. Um, I'll mention Phil Spector a few times through here, but I'm pretty Please sure don't. he was a, a huge influence on this album, no doubt. Um, probably a horrible person. Still no, a, definitely, definitely legally, factually a horrible person, but go ahead. But nonetheless, musical influence is still there. Um, I don't know. The lyrics are super generic. I enjoy the harmony. I forgot to say that about the first song. I also enjoyed the harmony on the first song a lot. Um, kind of pulling from that Beach Boys, Boys vibe. So it's just, uh, yeah, this is them experimenting around and not quite succeeding. That is uh, okay. That's really cool because what you said about this song, I'm gonna say about the next song. It's funny. Um, is that a centaur at the beginning of that song? That that get is you know what I'm saying? It's not, I I don't know if it sounded like that or not. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just love it though. That beginning um, guitar, whatever that is. Um, great vocals throughout. Um, the lead in background. You're right. Harmonies are great. Um, very Beach Boysy. Um, I agree with that. Um, this song is far superior to praise and worship songs then and now. So I'm not a big praise and worship music fan, but this is one of the best, better ones. This is like Rich, anything Rich Mullins did. You know, he's great at praise and worship, and this is up there with that. Um, lyrically, it's basic, um, but it gives, but given the title of the song, I mean, what you expected is called praise song. Um, I don't hate this song. The music is really good. Um, my 10th favorite song on this album, Two Stars. All right. Now tell me what you think of your favorite song, Meal. Meal? Father's Arms is it next? Uh, did, did I skip a song? Oh, I, I must have just blocked out Father's Arms. Oh, I'm my god! I'm sure I wrote something on it. Well, you probably did because it's... Okay. Oh, wait, no, no, you're right. Father's Arms is next. You're right. I was just... It's there. Father's Arms is next. Go for it. Okay. Lyrically, um, the, um, this 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 reminds me with the words of Little Crosses from Doppelganger, which I can't wait to get to. Um, review that one. Um, you know, it's about how we should rest in the promises of God and instead of the comfort and approval of this world, of this world shouldn't be afraid of, you know getting hurt in this world and like you said about on um, praise song i get some country rock a little bit here but it's a lot of 70s british rock influence and i put a la pink floyd <laughs> too as well that's so crazy um and yeah you're right dark side of the moon on this this and the previous song i find myself humming this song more than anything else on this album which is really weird um the guitar solo that starts at 227 i really enjoy but the outro that starts at 3.44 to the end is the highlight. 
Um, seventh favorite song in this album, two and a half stars. Okay. I will say, um, I, I, I did write down some for this song. I looked over. I think this song blends in a bit with the previous song, maybe. It does. Maybe that's what it, it was does. in my head. It does. Um, of the two songs, I actually like this one better, though. Yeah. Um, I, I like the bass line. Nice, uh, thick bass line there. Um, and I like the payoff on the chorus. So it does this really cool thing. Each time it goes from the verse, um, it it mimics the lyrics. So the the verses kind of sound like they're falling every time. Like they, I don't, I think it's they walk down the the notes. Um, yeah. And then when they, sounds like you're kind of falling and they hit that chorus and you're just kind of lifted back up. And it's a, a cool little mm-hmm. music trick um, that I, I love, love, love when I hear um, lyrics mimicking ideas in the music or vice versa. And yeah. uh, so that's just that kind of lifts, elevates the song, if you will, for it. Um, like I said, once yeah. again, Phil spector kind of wall of sound. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's mildly preachy. Like, you know, the um, I feel like there's some stuff in it about how oh, everyone telling you um, this and that is right, and don't you know it's all going to just mess you up in the end? And, uh, but only mildly. Like, it's barely there. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a song about finding comfort in God, which is, I always say, is a good thing. So I enjoyed the song. It was, um, it was cool. Sam, you're on a roll, man. Take Meal. Ah, uh, okay. Meal. I, I know this is your favorite track, Aaron. Um <laughs> I, I really? think I know what your favorite track is. I see if you can guess what mine is for real, though. I think I know which one is yours. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I have two that I think I like, honestly. But we'll get there. Okay. okay. Meal. This is just a rehash of Gold Fever, um, but even goofier. Like you cannot convince me they didn't sing this tongue firmly planted in cheek. Um, they knew they were just making a goofy southern country song and they were rolling with it and they said hey our record label wants country song let's give them a country song and uh they just leaned into it as hard as they could and uh yeah not much to say about the song other than it's once again i can like i can hear it like in a group setting this song would be hilarious and kind of fun and uh i i wouldn't mind seeing it live in a concert all right Aaron. well well yeah, and that same bonus disc with the 25, 25th anniversary reissue, Terry talks about this song, and, he, and they, they made it seriously. Like, they felt like at the time that their music, they felt like they had to feed the body of Christ. So I don't know if the music was a joke, it was tongue-in-cheek, but the lyrics are meant to be serious. So there's that. Um, the humor, to me, I'd say the humor that is here will repeatedly show up in Terry's writing throughout his career, his side projects, his solo stuff. Um, but it's beautiful to hear it here for the first time. Um, and I think this is the f- first, you know, where he's really putting pushing the humor. Um, there's, okay, I'm with you, kind of rehash of um, Black Gold Fever, which I hate, but here, the one thing about this song though, there's a lot of p- cool percussion throughout the song. There's so many different sounds happening in the background throughout. Definitely listen to it on the headphones because it's the best way to catch. There's a lot of different things going on. It reminds me of the Beach Boys slash Brian Wilson song, Vegetables. Um, Lyrically and musically, it's, it's kind of silly 
and it has all those sounds. It's fun. You know, it's interesting. Two stars for me, my eighth favorite song on this album. And next up, we have Shotgun Angel. And so I'm going to go with this because I'm about to murder this song. Um, and I want you to say something nice, hopefully. More country rock, reminiscent of the first album. It's a shame that this was chosen to be the title track because there are so many songs better than this one. This could have been called Days and Nights or some other songs that I have, we haven't got to yet. Um, a Trucker Talking to Jesus by CB Radio. <sighs> really? <sighs> okay. And so I did. And so Terry didn't write this song. This is the one song he didn't write. I forget who uh, who wrote it. Uh, I don't have it in my notes here. I'll, I'll talk scream. about it when I get to my section. Bill Strauss. Bill Strauss. Okay. And so so then that makes it like, okay, I hate these lyrics. Um the solo at 149 is good. Nice country twang. Nothing wrong with country twang. Love it. Um, but I don't really have much else. I skip it. Like I forced myself this week to listen to it each time, hoping it's going to click. Everything else in this album that this never did. My least favorite song, number 13, one star. Again, because Terry sings on it, so it's got some value. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. All right, so this may be my favorite track, if not my second favorite track. Oh, I would have never guessed that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, this one was written by a gay named, guy named Bill Sprouse Jr., who he actually died of a heart attack at 26. So, um, he never had, he had, he was part of like a couple of different bands, a Christian band, um, got a few things recorded on compilations but never released like an actual album. And then they uh, dug this up and um, someone else recorded it and the band heard it and was like, we want to record that now. And it's actually from the band that of a uh, Bill Sprouse Jr. that they got Ed McTaggart. So mm. little, little band history for you. Um, Noise. I love, I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million times more. I like a good story ballad. You know, it's like just some they it's a uh, it's part of my childhood. Like I just every time I would skip songs until I got to the ones that were story songs. It just it was it's always been part of who I am. Um, this one is just a, a not a bad one. It's, it's fun. Um, just imagining that you're talking to God on the CB radio and um, he's he sends an angel to save you from a fatal crash and. Also, I've like I've driven overnight a few times. Um, last summer, I not last summer, but the summer before 2019, I drove overnight to Arizona. So like I didn't stop. So I, I know the feeling. I have been there of just trying to drive all night, trying to get to your destination. And uh, you start seeing things, you start hearing things about four o'clock in the morning, and um I, I like the idea of putting this into kind of a, a song story idea. And on this song, I feel like the country works. It just, I'm um, only mildly into country, but this works for me. I don't know. I am. Um, I want this to, I want this song to be a musical by golly. I like it. I'm, I'm mildly into country as well too, but I like this and I love stories, story songs and I love concept albums, but this story, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finishing this book. I don't like it. No. 
right, let's, right. Let's, let's let's take the vinyl. We're gonna take the vinyl up. We're gonna flip, flip it, it over. And vinyl. side two is later gonna be released as an EP called The Revelation with the bonus track called Soon, which is like released I think after the Llama Chronicles actually. Um, so there's that. <clears throat> so um, this tries to be a concept mini album. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it only partially succeeds, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But why don't you? Uh, um, you know, what? I'll go ahead and leave this one off because I Good. like orchestral Good. music a lot. Okay. I like soundtrack out soundtracks. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, I have like three artists: that Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman, John Williams, and Hans yeah. Zimmer. Right? Yeah. They're three of my favorite artists, and they're all composers. So this. Nice instrumentation. Once again, um, I'm like feeling that wall of sound. This also just reminds me a lot of soundtracks from the 70s. If you watch movies from the 70s, this sounds like it belongs on a movie in the 70s. So it's a, it's a fun opening. And it sets the mood for what they're trying to accomplish, I think. Um, so yeah, it's as, as an opening track, if this was a standalone EP... I feel like this would work even better. But as a introduction to side B, it works pretty good. I enjoy it. How about you, sir? Well, you should get the Revelation um, EP and check it out then. So finale, Burn Synth, Beresith, Overture, however you say it. Well, in Hebrew, Beresith, Sif, whatever, it means Genesis, beginning. So this song title means the beginning, which is the beginning of the end, because this is this, um, mini album is about the end of the world then times um so or at least this, the uh, 1970s hollywood version of it but yeah continue and what some people still believe to this day um so this side focuses on the rapture second coming of christ terry's later stated that he no longer believes in rapture theology just throwing that out there um and that's fine um he's you know you're t- early 20s you're if 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 anything I said or got recorded or any art I made when I was in my early twenties, I would be aghast and so ashamed. I mean, because when you're in your early twenties, you're dumb. You don't know it. You're still figuring stuff out. So, I get it. I mean, but um, how they're trying to why they're trying to do this concept. The music is beautiful. Um, the strings are exquisite. I love this song, and like I listened to it on re- like this week, listening to it. I was just listening to it on repeat. This is my favorite song on the album. Three stars. Nothing's even close to this. Okay. Um, fair enough. So the next song is, this is where I say their concept gets a bit rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it flows a little bit better in a couple songs as we'll get there. But um, Lady Goodbye. So go ahead and take it off, Aaron. What do you got? Okay, um, I thought this was going to be your favorite song. Um, this actually might be. It's between this and Shotgun Angel. Okay, that's All my right. toss-up. I'm up in your head now, Sam. I know you now. <laughs> okay, so more Keith Green vibes. I like the yearning and earnest lyrics here. The lyric, too many empty places. There's one in my heart. Once were familiar faces. They're gone now, and I'm falling apart. <laughs> Man, I could just go on forever for this. But it's so true, like, 
you lose somebody and like it can just like so rattle your world that like and you'll see it like somebody who's people who've been married for like 20 30 40 years and the, their spouse or lover dies and like they can't even like function like just it's just, you just really fall apart i mean and and so it's like a heartbreak song like the um you know, a lover has died and gone on. And so I know you love a good breakup song. And this is like one of the better ones. Um, and the lyrics here are vague enough to be on mainstream radio because it could be just a love song. But any um, Christian at that time when this was written knows what this song is about. Um, you know, per Jerry Chamberlain, the song is about a man who's just lost his wife in the rapture. And now she, he's left with remembering all the talks about God and the gospel they had together. And now he's like, oh my gosh, she's gone. I should have listened. Um, Lady Goodbye, um, two and a half stars. And it's my second favorite song on the album. <laughs> so we're okay, kind of yeah. um, simpatico there. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, I like, uh, I do like a good breakup song. I like the poetic um, way of mourning the loss of someone. I almost yeah. chose this as my favorite lyrics, you know. Yeah. Um, Goodbye, lady, up in the sky. They are my favorite lyrics on this album. Like, it's it's some really good lyrics. And you're right. It could be a crossover hit. Um, And also, you know, working as the story of of the rapture. um, Rather you believe in it or not, or, you know, how you believe in it, because there's varying wildly different ideas of when, where, how, why. Um. I think the idea of it still would rather it's because someone died or, you know, because someone got taken up by God, it's still, you'd still feel that loss. You'd still feel very sad. And, um, it's, this touches that heart very nicely. So I feel like this, this song is what a concept album song should be. Yep. Where it could fit into the concept, but it can also stand on its own two legs. Yep. Um, so it's like the that, song, the um, the rake, the rake song, and the, the, the Decemberist. That's the band, The Hazards of Love. It's a crazy concept album, but that rake song was a single, and like alone, it makes sense. But without that song in the the album, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. Let's talk about some songs that don't stand on their own two legs. I'm going to get a little trilogy here. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about I'll The Whistler. It. Okay, go for it. This song is ominous. <laughs> the chant-like vocals and all the various sounds at the beginning really paint a bleak scene. And then the lyrics add to the ominous nature of this um, song. Um, I like it a lot. Great imagery. We see Terry really developing his song, um, his lyric writing. The background vocals help make um, help keep this song feeling creepy and eerie throughout. Um, it's not a very happy song, um, which is good sometimes. The perc- the percussion is thick and heavy. Good job, um, Ed, there. Um, the song's a departure from everything the band has recorded thus far. Like re- this is to me, this is the experimentation that will color Daniel Amos's career. Because, you know, as they go on, they, they were not scared of experimenting. And to me, this is their first major one. And they did it really well. Um, two Stars, my fourth favorite song on this album. What do you think, Sam? See, I would have said this was your favorite song because you love that weird, trippy stuff. Yeah, I do. 
Yeah, but the overture, man, is such a beautiful, beautiful song. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so we go from like a really sweet song to yeah. downright creepy. Um, yeah. This song would have given me nightmares as a kid. Like, I'm glad I didn't find this when I was 10 years old. I wouldn't have been asleep. Um, so this, the previous songs, you know, the rapture has happened. All the people are gone, or at least all the Christians. And now we have the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Um, something you, if you grow up in church, particularly um, certain denominations of Christianity and stuff, you grow up hearing about this all the time. Uh, I did. Yeah, I mean, I did too. Plus, you know, I was a 2000s kid. So I I grew up in the, the peak left behind when that was a multimedia juggernaut for a minute. No, I grew up in the 90s. It was like 98. That's when it was. I mean, it was, but that took over, man. That was crazy. I remember that, too. Yeah. So <laughs> um, this just kind of reminds me of all that. Yep. Um, and I, I like the idea of just taking a concept and running with it. Um. So it's it's kind of cool just to take an idea and be like, you know, let's just make a song about this idea mm-hmm. um, and just enjoy it on its own merits. So and I feel like they did that kind of top tapping into um, goth rock wasn't really a thing, but that kind of horror rock wasn't a thing yet. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of um, there was a band. No, you're thinking of goth rock. Save your machine. Is, is that what, what you're thinking of? No, I'm thinking of like late '70s, early '80s. Uh, they were all about like, like they had a whole entire album, "The Mark of the Beast." What is it? I'm thinking of. I have no idea. Uh, they were a super metal band. I can't even remember them now. Black Sabbath. No, it wasn't Black Sabbath. It was um, a, a guys that came like right after or right around the same time as them. And my brain can't remember either That's or. Amazing. This gives me vibes of all that. Um, they were kind of Manila Road. Manila Road. No, they were they oh. were a huge band. Um, they always, they had like a zombie as their mascot. Oh, okay, whatever. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm. They were kind of tapping into that culture a little bit though, which is an interesting way to go about it. Like, yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting way to run into this. So that's the whisper, it's so man. Fun. It's funny that you mentioned goth rock because yeah, Terry Taylor produced. Uh, God, I can't remember if it was Savior Machine one or two by probably one of the best goth rock um, groups ever. Savior Machine. Um, so that's really funny that. <laughs> and 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 now that I'm thinking about it, now the Whistler, I can see maybe that influenced that band. <laughs> Terry, who didn't, who hasn't he influenced? But anyway, he's gonna do a number on you. Uh, you want to do it or you want me to do it first? Um, I, I guess I can go ahead and run with this one. Do a number on uh, it, Sam. Well, you know, we're we're in the book of Revelation now, right? Yeah. And um, Thank the, you for uh, saying Revelation and not Revelations. I, w- I would have murdered you if you did. But go uh, ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and it, I, ironically enough, maybe not ironic, irony is the wrong word, but interestingly enough, coincidentally, I happen to be listening. Um, I listen to my Bible every morning, and it happens to be going through the Book of Revelation right now. So, it was kind of interesting listening to this album right after that. Hmm. So now, of course, we're to um, what is traditionally and classically called the Antichrist, um, and this is where I feel like the uh, the concept album thing 
starts falling apart a little bit simply because this song and the next song run together so much that they make no sense as songs on their own. And that's the worst kind of concept album for me. Um, but I don't know. This song does crack me up a little bit for probably all the wrong reasons. So if you look through the, the lyrics, the lyrics actually have, they say who's talking. So like the line, the morning paper is not the same. A man is smiling. Do you know his name is the narrator? The part about I'm mad about, I'm mad about you is the frenzied crowd. And then the, Oh no, what's wrong? Something on his face is the person in the crowd full of wonder. And then the, um, gonna do a number on you is the goon squad <laughs> and he's My got friends. a friend it seems there is no end is the zombie like crowd those sam those sam's people right there and then my favorite one is the next 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 is the computerized clerk yeah that is all that just i found that funny go ahead you go ahead sir Yes, all those that you just mentioned, the different crowds and stuff, we'll see that in the um, linear notes and lyrics for um, the Larmor Chronicles. So, he, again, you see the seeds of the greatness that's just on the precipice. It's right there on the horizon. Um, upbeat country rock. I love the backing guitars throughout. It colors the song, keeps it interesting. You can see the band develop the ideas that will become the Lama Chronicles musically and with the lyrics and the linear notes and um, or the, the lyrics that comes with the album. Um, the next, next, next part. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I love that. You're seeing that they're breaking away from their rock, their country rock image. They're experimenting. We have the Whistler. We have all this other stuff. We have this. Um, the lyrics speak about the anti, like you mentioned, the Antichrist and how he will come to power and slimly make our lives easier. But then he will do a number on us by giving us the mark of the beast. And so that um, he'll do a number on you. And in interviews, Terry referenced how that was like a play on words for taking the mark of the beast, which at the time he was definitely against. Um, my ninth favorite song, two stars for me. I'll go in with better since these are basically run-in songs. <laughs> Love the heavier rock music here. Some beatles Beach Boys, whatever, vocal harmonies. The guitars are fun and inspire dancing. Um, using music and background vocals to help further concepts and themes is what this band does well. Like, if you think about songs like I Didn't Build It For Me or New Car, like the, 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 the background vocals and the um, music create like this feeling of what they're trying to convey like a new car it, they make it sound like it's like an auction or a marathon for a car when it's supposed to be a church service and you feel the frantic energy and stuff like that we're here the same way you you feel the crowds just like falling in love with this guy who's making their life seemingly better when he's not actually um so i really do appreciate how they're able to use music and background vocals to really drive home the point of a song um that's not gonna say about this one though. It's um really short too. So one and a half stars is my eleventh favorite song in this album. What do you think, Sam? The song exists. <laughs> it just it exists. I mean it's a it's a run on from the previous song. Um I don't know. It just once again my least kind of favorite concept song that doesn't tell a story within itself that only barely makes sense within the previous. Um so the band I was thinking of earlier, though, was Iron Maiden. 
Um, I don't I know why that got took that. me so long to think that. I would have never got it. <laughs> so yeah, this song um it exists. It just it goes right along with the the whistler. He's going to do a number on you and better. Um, particularly, he's going to do a number on you. It follows right on. I don't feel like there's much to this song though. It doesn't stand very well on its own, and I feel like they would kind of do these uh, kind skit songs almost. Yeah. Skit songs. They, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good. They way to they would it. do those, but much better. I can top way better, way better. So well, not just doppelganger. The whole of the Armor Chronicles. Yeah. Um, I guess I will go ahead and take it on the next one. Sell me away, Sam. Sell me away. And this song sails right away from the concept. Like, it's still there. It's still loosely related to going to heaven. But I don't feel like it fits. And it just, this once again feels like a scattered idea of a song. They're like, well, we got to fill up this time. I guess this can go here. And it's sort of maybe about heaven. So it fits with Revelation. Sure. Why not? Um, I do like the chorus on this, though. The sail away with me lines, um, I feel like, flow really nicely, sound poetic and beautiful. I mean, the ones I like on this are all the more poetic stuff, right? Yeah. Um, So, and I like the idea of sailing away to heaven. It's an idea that's used in stuff like Lord of the Rings, um, Narnia uses it, etc. So, it's um, nothing new, but it is an idea I like. And yeah, it's it's a pretty song. It's it sounds like a lesser version of Lady Goodbye. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty enough song and it it just doesn't feel like it has any connective tissue to the rest of this beast to this side too. Aaron, what do you got? I kind of agree and disagree with you as far as if it continues to the theme or not cuz I'm with you because this and the next song pretty much have the same theme where the end. The end has happened. Antichrist is here. Now the world, you know. Now Christ is coming to redeem the world. It's done. End the story. And, you know. Um, and so this and the next song. That's. I mean, pretty much just the same thing. But it does continue the theme. But it's redundant because we have another song that, it, you know, or maybe the second song is redundant because maybe it should have ended with this song. Who knows? Who knows what we're gonna say next? But. I would I, I agree how one of these two songs didn't need to be. They didn't need both of them. So musically, this song reminds me of Christian movies from the 70s and 80s, where the protagonist has a moment of clarity, they're coming to Christ, or the end of the movies happen, the credits are rolling. I watched growing up in the South um, in the 90s, we were I watched a lot of 70s, late 70s, early 80s Christian films about the rapture, the end times. And I can't even think of those song, those movie titles right now. Um, but when I hear this song, it's just, I just in like different scenes in those movies just flash through my head. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but I do like the song. Um, it it builds starting with the keyboards and then slowly adds the rest of the instruments. It's a bittersweet song. A, a person dying is dying and leaving the love of their life by entering to heaven. The true lover of their soul, God. I guess that's what the lyrics are about. And this is the theme that repeat in Cherry songs and a whole album and that briefing for this scent that we'll get to one day and I will cry constantly. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. <sighs> this song is quaint and creative enough to tug at the heartstrings a little. 
songs begin of what would be Terry's ability to write the most beautiful, sweet, sad music, a la Brief of Descent. And I'm just thinking about that album, and I'm getting the teary guys. Fifth favorite song in this album, two stars. Posse in the oh, sky. Oh, this is your favorite song. No, fifth, fifth. fifth oh, favorite. fifth. Okay. Yeah. All right, Posse in the Sky. Um, so this continues lyrically the theme they're going with on this B side, but musically it just goes back to the country, and I don't yeah. like that. I wish yeah. they would have stayed with the epic wall of sound. It would have been a. This is. I was promised an epic finale. This is not epic. This is a campfire finale. This is me sitting around the campfire telling you a ghost story. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's an okay. It's just not the ending I want. I, I think you're right. If "Sail Me Away" was maybe the last song, I might like it better. Um, as for the song itself, it's okay. Um, this song does kind of lead me into my least favorite thing about the popular, um, popular Hollywood Christian version of Revelation. And that is people love, and this isn't just the, this isn't just like the capitalism side of it. This is also the churches that preach it they love to focus on the doom and gloom and get yourself ready or these bad things are going to happen and no one ever stops to focus on you know this is the good side of this like hey the good side of this is if you believe all this you uh you don't have to worry about this crap anymore and this bad stuff is going to happen and you'll be okay and you know you get to live in paradise and happiness forever etc and it feels like no one ever focuses on that and it's i just i really hate using scare tactics to uh quote unquote convert people it just it is kind of a pet peeve of mine quite honestly um either you're going to genuinely be won over but because you want the good things um, that i have or you just don't care um i'm not going to scare you or trick you into it and uh yeah that Kind of is how I feel about the song. Aaron. <laughs> okay, so so Sam's against em emotional manipulation. Hmm. Strong stance there. Very bold of you, Sam. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but I agree, too. I I the scare tactics. and um, But, I mean, fear is a strong motivator. If you're trying to make money, fear is the way to go. So, posse in the sky. Musically, like you you mentioned, um, this reminds me of the song Shotgun Angel. Um, I think this is a fitting um, end for the album. For the gosh, we should eat. can't believe we 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 didn't share notes for this because we're sharing a lot of the same things. I like the idea that it's a a ghost fire. I'm sorry, excuse me, a campfire ghost story. That's how I see this song because there was so much, there's epicness and everything. And at the end of the day, when it all ends, it's not going to be an epic thing. It's going to be a very mundane, just, oh, it's over type thing. And to me, people around the campfire, it's talking about a ghost story. That's, that's, that's how I imagine the ending is going to be because once you have the cataclysmic, you know, all the tribulation or atomic bomb, however the world's going to end, whoever's left is going to be like, eh, wow, it's Thursday. 
Hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I like that the, this ended. I don't know what how what the solution is with Sell Me Away and Posh in the Sky, because I like both these songs. One has to end. I don't know which one. And then what do you do with the other one? <laughs> no. uh, so anyway, the first half of this album is talking about the benefits of the gospel. Um, you know, like the black old fever, how if you if you believe in Christ, like you'll never be empty or alone. Don't chase after empty things. Um, but then the second half talks about the negative effects. If you don't believe it, raptures, then the world's going to happen. You're going to be out back looking dumb, suffering forever. I love the surf and country guitars throughout the song. Um, the song starts off like a nightmare, though, um, <laughs> with millions dying, um, as the lyrics say. But then Jesus comes and makes everything all right. Um, I really do like this song. Um, not one I seek out. But when it comes on, I don't skip it. There's so many songs in sound that I would skip it. I don't. I wouldn't skip this one. I imagine there were so many altar calls when they performed this song at concerts. What do you think, Sam? How many altar calls were made? I mean, it was it was it was definitely a thing back then. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I I'm kind of curious. I would like. I would love to either find an interview or just ask Terry himself how long they did the altar call thing because I know later he. He says, you know, he did it for the art, not necessarily yeah. for the evangelism. Yeah. And um, you listen sure to a lot of interview with Christian artists, and they're like, I hated doing the altar calls things because that yeah. took away from the art. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, after this album, there was no more altar calls. But during this tour, I'm sure there was a lot. Last thing on this, I love the violin outro. I, I think it's a, again, I like Sell Me Away as a closer, but I also like this one and that violin closing. I really really do like a lot two stars my sixth favorite song in this album all right all right so that's the songs we got we got through this album fairly easy um mm. so this album marks a huge leap forward for the band but nothing oh. groundbreaking musically for like yeah. the rest of the world of music like for christian music sure this was huge this was um a move towards more conceptual songs this was a, a move towards more experimental music more art uh, and not more just art. And not using music to emotionally manipulate manipulate people into the faith yeah exactly um <laughs> but as far as the rest of the world is concerned this is just this is tuesday right this is uh yeah this is this is tuesday at 2 p.m it's it's nothing special um, and I think, and I think this is why Daniel Amos as a band, like, like we mentioned in the first episode, how like you can't get through like any Christian bands from the '80s, '90s, even the 2000s that don't re um, mention Daniel Amos as an influence because they were that first band that said, you know what, let's do it for the art. And if you're an artist, you're gonna resonate with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the album feels really scattered to me. Um, I wish they would have taken all their country tracks and put them like in one, just one full swoop. Like just let their country tracks be like five songs in a row. And then mm -hmm. I can skip ahead to the rest of this album. Um, that's <laughs> kind of what I wish. Um, so it's just, it's a super scattered album. Uh, the revelation side doesn't work as well as I wish it would. Um, Cause I think there's, there's, I, there's cool concepts there. And stuff they would get much better with on the Alarma Chronicles. Really, even horrendous disc. They took some of these ideas and ran much better with them. So this is a 
perfectly acceptable C plus album for me. One point five on music, lyrics, and overall. Um, it's it has some highlights. Like I think I would throw Shotgun Angel and um, Goodbye Girl. I would Lady Goodbye. Lady Goodbye. I would throw those into my Daniel Amos. It's really just my general mix. I think I, I might actually throw Shotgun Angel into my Keep Away mix, Keep Awake mix that I have for driving late at night. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So it's a 4.5 out of 9 for me. For me, it's the Overture, um, Lady Goodbye, and Days and Nights. Um, I really like that one. Um, for me, man, this is so complicated for me because I'm agnostic. But overall, if I was still a Christian today, this album would be a, bring me a lot of comfort, especially given the state of the world today. Songs like Sell Me Away and um, Pots in the Sky. I mean, they're like hope to carry on. Um, and even I don't believe in the theology behind the the um, the lyrics in this album. Somehow I listen to this album, like even this week, and it just fills my heart with hope and peace. <laughs> even though I know that I don't agree with the the, the message behind the lyrics, um, it's a testament to the band's um, to the band and its creativity. Um, yesterday I was listen- I, I listened to this album again, and I like really got hit like with nostalgia. Um, some sad feelings. I don't know why. So, and then I played Pet Sounds on vinyl afterwards because the Beach Boy. It reminded that feeling that this album gave me when I was listening to you saying it's similar to the um, Pet Sounds album when I was still. I get those same similar feelings. Um, and I'm not saying <laughs> this is anywhere in the same country code as Pet Sounds because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but it's weird that it inspired those same feelings in me. I don't know what that means, but that even though at the time in interviews, Terry was talking about how they're a band about ministry, ministry first, ministry. You can just tell, even so, that it was about art always. And they were just artists. And so the lyrics don't really matter because the music, even in this early infancy, they haven't figured out really what they're going to do as a band. But even so, they're able to inspire such feelings and thought that most Christian bands could even buy people to do it. and it's just to me is it and when i was listening yesterday when that those feelings happened i was like this is crazy i don't know like i think i got three stars was the highest on one of these songs like three stars which is like and eh, like average but yet combined as a whole album it was able to talk to it was still able to speak to me and that's amazing that's but that's the genius of terry and dan dan Lamas. so overall lyrically I'm probably going to give this like a zero um, music to holding up. What'd you give it? Four and a half? Um, I gave it four and a half total. Like four and a half out of nine. I'm going to give it a three out of nine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Um, I think this was definitely the Stepping Stone album. It's, mm. uh, it's a transition album. It, it dodges the uh, great dreaded sophomore slump. Yeah. Um, and by golly, they would go on and do so much better stuff. So I'm excited to move forward with this. The tough part is over. It's nothing but praise and accolades now. We did it. I'm so happy. I feel so bad just bagging on the group because I really love them so much. But these first two I mean, albums are kind of rough. We still have the rap albums to get through. We're not doing the rapture, Sam. We're not no, we're doing, doing the rapture. We rapture, it is, it is Terry Taylor Cannon. 
I it's funny because when I started doing research after we decided to do this, I went and tried to um, look at everything Terry did, and the raptures came up, and I was like, I am not existed. I will not. You're gonna have to get a guest host. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will drive down to Virginia and I will like I will go all um John Cusack on your lawn playing the raptures. And then you'll <laughs> never want to go back to Indiana because Virginia is a beautiful and amazing place. <laughs> all right. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Um we hope you enjoy this and we hope you stick around for when this is this is gonna get good. It's gonna get good. We're gonna hopefully get to talk to some people about this music in the near future. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited. We also have um, we have social media. There's on Facebook, Strong Points, Weak Points. Um, same on Instagram, Twitter. Also, Strong Points, Weak Points too, or it might be Strong Points, Weak Points uh, podcast. We'll try to get those up um, where you listen to this on podcast. But yeah, if you just Google search um, um, Strong Points, Weak Points. Weak, strong points weak points podcast it should come up or terry taylor's strong points pat podcast it'll come up so so hit us up if you have any suggestions any thoughts criticisms accolades um your favorite songs how much you love black gold fever anything let us know and um once again my name is samuel and i'm aaron my soul's still on fire peace <laughs> And this has been a Brothers King Media production. Mm-hmm.